What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Zach, your host of the YLP Podcast. And may I remind you that you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. From flying trash cans to the return of a painted old 60-year-old to Dominic Mysterio wearing something that his mom probably came out the closet for and dressed him with. It's been a really interesting week in wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kings of the Rings Podcast, episode 225, Elite Impact. There's a lot of elite stuff going on in wrestling, and there's a lot of trash stuff going on in wrestling. We're going to try to sift through all of that uh, within this next hour or so. Of course, I'm your host, King Ricky Rose. Find me at Ambassador Biggs across all social media outlets. Thank you guys for listening to Kings of the Rings podcast. Find us at KOTR underscore podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Like, share, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review, especially if you're listening to us on uh, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts now, because it's not even like iTunes anymore, it's Apple Podcasts. Uh, s- subscribe to us and listen to us each and every week on Wrestle Attic Radio, and follow Wrestle Attic Radio's uh, social medias at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter, and Wrestle Attic Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Will, what did you think, and I don't know if you Hulu Smackdown this yet or not, what did you think of Dominic Mysterio's outfit? You know... I didn't notice, to be honest. Neither did I. What are you talking because, about? Oh, it was the talk of a town. Like when for I a while. when I watch SmackDown, um, I use this background noise. Like it's I'm watching it, it's there, but I'm also like playing video games. It's kinda of same with AEW. The only time I really kinda of sit down and only focus on actual watching wrestling, it's well one, if something incredible is happening, I pause my video game and watch it. Um, like Sting coming back. Or it's the pay-per-views. Like, I didn't miss a goddamn second of War Games. You better not believe I didn't miss a goddamn second of that 10 out of 10 pay-per-view. Um, so, <laughs> I'm going to have to look up, I'm gonna look this up. What the fuck happened with Dominic Mysterio? No, nothing Nothing bad happened to him. It was just, he had a, it was a, it was a very uh, memeable outfit decision. Which is something that's relegated to Aaliyah these days. But Dominic, Dominic stole the show. Let me take. Oh, that look, pink shirt. He looked like he came, the pink turtleneck. I love it. What are you, <laughs> with what's the wrong gold with you? Was, I didn't say I, anything I, was wrong. Relax. Oh my god, he looks like he's straight out of a fashion house. I'm here for what, it. What? He looks what's, like what's he's segment? out of like a GTA Vice City character. What? Right here. What segment was it? Oh wait, hang on. Okay, it's showing me. Oh yeah, what the fuck is that? It's like it's like the rock. <laughs> it's like the rock in '96 about the fanny pack. <laughs> That's all he was is missing a fanny pack. It's like this somebody did a side by side of Fanny Pack Rock and Dominic Mysterio and people were like same energy. I think I should replicate this energy. You replicate enough as it is, Kay. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, Kay, would you like to introduce yourself? I guess I, Hi. I guess fuck me that I kind of forgot to do all that. But yeah, Kay Murphy. Oh yeah, that's right. Please, please. My my things aren't important. I don't use social media, so Makes, make, right. you're, the, you're, the biggie. you're the biggie of the new day. You just don't like social media. You don't, you don't want people to follow you at all. Well, hello, y'all. My name is Kay Murphy. Um, you can find me across all social media platforms at the K Murphy, T-H-E-K-A-E Murphy. And wow. Yeah. That's a lot better to, to, to help people out, T-H-E-K-A-E. That even has a little alliteration to it. I know. Were you practicing Wait. that? Um, I did it when I, I, um, quick plug, I'm going to be on The Delight Show again this week, and I did that on The Delight Show, 
on Sunday morning, high as shit, and I think I'm going to keep it. <laughs> I, 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 I agree. Might as well keep it. Yeah, like, I know that looking at my name, you might wonder how to pronounce it. So I feel, or if you hear it, you're not going to know how to spell it. So I feel that the, the saying and the spelling together might help people out. Yeah. But real talk, it's one less letter and one less syllable. So. Yeah, it's a lot easier. It's just, it's pretty much, it's pretty much phonetically the letter K. It is. Like, if this is Men in Black, you are Agent K. Yes. For the most part. So, let's get into this. It's been, like I said, it's been a very topsy-turvy, interesting week of wrestling, all highlighted by War Games on a Sunday uh, from the CWC. So, they're able to fit two rings in the CWC. So, they answered a lot of questions for us. And, wow, what an event that was. It, you know, it's 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 hard to describe wrestling to people who have never seen wrestling, especially when someone's jumping off the top of like a 15 foot high cage in a trash can. Can I just say I watched War Games with someone that does not watch wrestling mm-hmm. and he saw that spot and he was just like, what is this? I'm like, War Games. It's yeah. It's, it's one of those moments that like only wrestling fans would love, and everybody just looks he at us like it was we're cool. weird. I had to do an educational moment about like William Re- William Regal yelling war games. Like, yeah, I, how, how do you how do you educate somebody on that? Some, well, we were watching the like the the video intro like right before the show started. And I'm like, oh, that's William Regal. Like, that's the general manager of NXT, and I'm like explaining that the um that war games can kind of be memeable and he's like well what do you mean so i remember the video i played last week yes of him i played it for him so oh shit i broke my vape womp womp <laughs> uh-uh. no the uh the mouthpiece is coming off but yeah he enjoyed it as someone that like does not like wrestling at all he got very invested in war, war games. I mean, war games is one of those pay per views that I just look forward to this calendar year. year. Every any year, I just want. Ever since NXT brought it back, it's just been a great pay per view, regardless of who's holding it. And I think NXT will does it just like they just do a phenomenal job with it, as they do most takeovers. They events. always do such a great job. It's and you know what it is like. You know War Games is going to be great. You know they're going to be different, and both of them were just that. But it's a thing that you go, come on, really? <laughs> that are still yeah. like, fuck, they even made that. They made a strap match good, all right? Let's just say that. Yeah, and that was that was that was semi boring. Yeah, but it was good. It, it, it had to it had to follow the war games so it was in the it was in literally the worst spot it could have been on the card oh no but strap match followed um strap match followed thatcher and champa did it no you're right it went, you're right win, so it went women thatcher champa strap match triple threat mm-hmm. men's war games right so yeah i well that being said thatcher and champa so everything i just said for a strap match put the thatcher and champa because you guys know i don't like thatcher is his style you know like his it's very it's it's this it's not it's technical. it's technical it's not for me, but him and Champa man tore it down. They just brutally beat the shit out of each other. It was very similar to him and Balor. 
So uh, Thatcher works very well with certain type of wrestlers, I guess, is the conclusion, yeah. I, the conclusion I came to. But no, you're right, Ricky. This card, it continues to prize. NXT continues to deliver, and it continues to be the best brand in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really hard. But let's break this down little by little, because as much as I enjoyed it, I did have one lingering concern, and it might just be just me overthinking it, but I do have one lingering concern with what's going on in NXT with a particular person. Uh, but let's start with the Women's War Games match, which in my opinion was probably and arguably the best match on the card. Because, uh, okay, they were, they were innovative. Shotzi got a new tank. EO fell from the cage in a trash can. And I've never was, seen somebody so happy to put a trash glorious. can over their head. Um, not since Oscar the Grouch has garbage looked so glorious. Here for it. It was wow. great. What? Wow, what an analogy. You're welcome. What only only from you, Kay. Only from you. <laughs> yeah. That match have, was just so I have much. a very uh, specific brand of commentary. I, I, I can tell. That's why you're here, Kay. That's yeah. definitely why you're here. <laughs> but holy crap, what a match. I was very skeptical, Will, about Dakota Kai starting off with Ember Moon. But they worked really well together mm. to kick off the match. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's, that's the hard part to be in. Um, and I was surprised with Dakota Kai. I... Didn't know who I didn't know who it was going to be, but I, th- I also thought Shotzi was going to start as the team captain. Um, yeah. You know, this, the whole story was more centered around her. Um, but Ember Moon, like, man, how lucky to be Ember Moon, right? Like, you were yeah. doing nothing on the main roster, you were injured back and forth, and then you come back and you're in War Games, the the, the second women's War Game match in history. The people on the main roster must be like, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> you know, and she's like, she is, now that she's healthy, this is the best version of Ember Moon I've ever seen. Yeah. I would agree a million percent. She's she someone I've been fantastic. a huge fan of for a while, but, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, this is, she's reinvigorated. Like, I think she's going to have gold soon. I would put it on her. Like, I'd have her take out Shotzi, become a two-time champ. Why not? She can Shotzi. do it at this point. My, well, not Shotzi, sorry, EO. I was the same, like, did I miss something? No, 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 Shotzi did not win the title. <sighs> Don't. She came out in a weaponized tank, that's what she did. But there are so many spots in this match. Obviously, the flying trash can will be the thing that's talked about all the time. Oh, it was amazing. But I really... In- Fucking amazing. <laughs> Loved it. It was better, it was better than Pat McAfee's. One of my favorite spots I've ever seen. <laughs> you know you know why it was better than Pat McAfee's because they actually caught EO <laughs> they, they, they kind of let Pat fall to the ground fuck Patrick on your stripes kid <laughs> I think that's what it was like we're gonna look like we're gonna catch him we're not really gonna catch him like he hit hard yeah it's a rib <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely was a rib the guy's so athletic because uh, right? him, and, him and Adam and Cole are really really good friends in real life which is the funny thing he apparently yeah. wore a neck brace um, on his show. Like, t- like, look at him keeping the kayfabe alive. Someone's got to do it. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to do it these days. Uh, but what did you think of that finish, K, with Raquel one arm power bombing EO through a ladder? I'm not surprised that Raquel took the like gave the pin. 
But, like, that was brutal to watch. And I'm excited to see that feud develop more. Honestly, Raquel needed it because when I was watching Take... Well, not, not Take Over. When I was watching NXT with that ladder match with Shachi from from the uh, from the Wednesday before, Raquel didn't look comfortable at all. Mm-hmm. So I felt like she needed to, like, redeem herself. However, as good as Dakota Kai was, Will, I think we've seen the last of her because she got eclipsed, and I don't know how her body stayed intact. Oh, my God. It was... Oh, I need to watch it again. Honestly, <laughs> I I need to watch that women's Same. war games match again because there's I even forgot that happened. But now that you brought it back, I was like, oh yeah, that happened, and it was yeah. I I was like, think of it this way, right? Dakota Kai turned heel a year ago, and at war games, at war games, and what has she done since then? Got injured again. I believe. not a goddamn yeah. thing. Her muscle is now. The star, right? That's like that's like Shawn Michaels and Diesel. If Shawn Michaels just didn't, it became Marty Jannetty, <laughs> right? If Shawn Michaels just faded into obscurity, was just still kind of there. Like Raquel Gonzalez, she looked great in this match. Her and Rhea, Honestly, I think Raquel was going to be a star anyways, or was going to be a star. Yeah, with or without Dakota, they're mm-hmm. really high on her because she's a unique look. She's big. She's a presence. You know, her promos aren't terrible, but that's why you're in NXT. And yeah. her being in this program with EO is a very good test for her. So I'm very interested to see what she does. Now, I was right thinking last week, I got the wrong person. I thought Tony Storm was going to get the pin on EO. So EO is only in this match to take the pin, which I thought was brilliant because no one else, like, no one really looks bad in this, like, other no. than EO, but EO is still the champion. She doesn't matter. Yeah, and she can she can she can take a pin in a match that she's not necessarily supposed to be involved in. Yeah. So I love the new tank. The new tank was gorgeous. Weaponized tank. A weaponized she, tank. She... It was amazing. <laughs> amazing. It was just amazing on every level. Yeah, I want her I want Raquel and Rhea to just they they could be on a level in the future of like a Charlotte and a Sasha where oh, they just sure. have a, they just have a run for a year on like raw or SmackDown and they're just, they're the main event. They're highlighting a whole bunch of shit. Like I could even see them in the future. They could be the they could be the next women's main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, I hope so. That's very forward thinking, but they look They're 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 af- very tall, athletic women and they work really well together. They are they are naturally they would naturally fit in a program. Mm-hmm. I think down the road, but the 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 framework is there. Uh, we talked about Chomp and Thatcher. We talked about but well, what did you like about this strap match? I want to hear about this. They didn't touch turnbuckles. Yeah, because that's a four corners match. It, it, I thought like, ah, that's true. It's a bull rope match. I get those confused. Um, it's just yeah. like you know, Cameron Grimes has played the part so well. He just he just plays that part so well, and like you know, like this they they use the strap well. Um, it looked like everything hurt, and the finish was great. Where he's just like he chokes him out, and then plays with his beard afterwards. Like all, all of it, <laughs> yeah. all of it was great. Like Cameron Grimes has played this role to perfection. And you know, um, 
Dexter Loomis, he just he has that, that creepy bastard look, as Mr. Anderson said. It just it all worked. Yeah. It just it worked. Now, like I usually don't like a strap match. I think it's it's too it's too old school for me. I think it's a gimmick that doesn't work. Typically, but yeah, it was. It's always good to be surprised. Yeah, they did yeah, ramp they, it up at the end. And they both the characters that they they play they play them perfectly. Like if anybody else were involved in the strap match, it would not have been as good. I agree. I agree. You know what? You know what I realized, Kay, um, hmm. is that is that Cameron Grimes, as much as I hate that son of a bitch because he's just so annoying, which means his gimmick <laughs> is really good. He is like um, a country version of Bo Dallas. He is. He really is. But I like Bo Dallas. Oh, NXT Bo Dallas? Hysterical. Mm-hmm. He was like he was like Captain Underpants growing up. I don't know. My fear is that they're gonna put Kona Reese and Cameron Grimes in a program and then I'm just gonna have to quit watching NXT for the rest of my life. I would I would kind of love that. I don't think I, it will work. But it wouldn't it would be work, and funny. I don't know who I could even root so, like, support. I would just be angry the whole time. What would you name that tag team? No, I mean in a program against each other. Oh. Yeah, no, that wouldn't work. Yeah, no. I think the last time we saw Kona, he was in Raw Underground, so there's that. He showed up on Underground for like 30 seconds, and I saw him on UK a very long time ago. Ooh. Well, who knows? Well, he he's he's there. he's gonna be like the Angelo Dawkins of his NXT generation. It's gonna take a while for him to get there. Uh, but moving on, let's talk to let's talk about this this triple threat match. Now, well, you and I were talking about how Leon Ruff 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 has to look good in this match, and do you think they accomplished that? I don't know. This this match was like I I'd say the one blemish was probably this match it wasn't a bad match, but it's just like okay after it's all said and done Leon Ruff really was just a transition to bring Austin Theory back, I guess. I don't know. It seemed unnecessary to have Leon Ruff have the belt. Like you could have done this another way because now Johnny's a three time champion. Cool. But who does this really benefit out of the four of them? And the fourth being Austin Theory being the ghost face along with the six other ghost faces. I bet one of them was Kurt Stallion. I know it's that man butt anywhere. Um, but <laughs> I like, right? It's just like what? This one was weird because Damian Priest looked phenomenal in that match. Neon Ruff didn't, didn't look bad, but he ate the pin. So I'm still up in the air. I say at the end of the day, I don't think this really did him any favors. I was I was almost going to throw a conniption because they did the injury spot. And I was like, they're going to stretcher spot him in his first match and he's going to go away. But then he came back and he had a good, he had a good fire up moment. And theory coming back kind of makes sense. Who the hell knows who the rest of the ghost space are? Maybe they're doing a whole evolve faction since they signed a crap ton of them anyways. Like on one foul swoop, but my my big question is I don't I don't know the answer to this is where where does Leon Ruff go from here? Probably. You have him as a champion. You put him in a takeover. He did well. 
Like, he did well. He held his own. But you made him lose. What does she go from that? I'm concerned they're going to cool down on him for a little while. And he's just going to pop up here and there. He's young, which is fine. But in my opinion, anybody who's ever had, like, a match at a takeover who has kind of you know, made it to the point where, hey, we're going to give you a marquee match on a takeover they don't really cool down off of. It's been hard to say, oh, we're trying to take over a match so we didn't really, we didn't really see them again. Yeah, it's probably going to go to 205 Live. Yeah, which uh, which they're doing well. They have a lot Are of they? good people on their, they have a lot of good people on their roster. A lot of good people on the roster. I mean, Kurt Stallion's running roughshod over there. And so is Austin Gray. I know. It's it's weird. I hate that name so much. (laughs) You're going to have to get used to it. I won't. It's awful. It's like a bad porn star. Yeah, that, he is a 70s porn star. Um, I just That's my concern with Liam Ruff. Like I don't know what they're going to do with this. My, my hope is that he gets... He tries to get redemption for Austin Theory screwing him over because that would make sense. They both came from Evolve. They both worked all over like the Northeast together mm-hmm. in the Evolve territory. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. He doesn't get the title from Johnny. Sure, okay, but you still keep him in that spotlight with Austin Theory, which you which they want to put Austin Theory in the spotlight anyway. So while how come they could both benefit from doing a program together? Until one of them is ready to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's going to be a stepping stone for Austin Theory, I guess, which isn't a bad thing. Like, I don't dislike Leon Ruff. It's like the exact opposite. I think he's a great talent. It's just he. What I don't think. I don't think this this title run did him any favors. Yeah, that he lost, and I think especially with your point, Will, that he ate the pin. Mm-hmm. If Johnny pins Damien and Austin screws over Damien or Austin, kind of you've reversed the spinach where like Austin like holds back Leon Ruff or something like that, and Johnny pins Damien, then it kind of makes more sense. You know, it's like the um, it's like the women's triple threat at WrestleMania thirty two, where Charlotte beat Becky, but Sasha still looked strong because Flair was holding her back. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. They actually had. Leon take the pin. It is what it is. We'll find out what happens. But moving on, before we move over to to the most surprising moment of the weekend, um, we have we the men's takeover match. The undisputed win the win their second one. So now we're two and two. Here's my question, uh, Kate: Is this the end of the undisputed in NXT? Okay. So I was. Can I rant for a minute? Go ahead. All right. So I was certain they were breaking up on Sunday. Like, I was telling AJ, I'm like, okay, so th- I was explaining the Undisputed Era, and I was explaining everything, and then uh, and then I saw that red gear, and I go, yup, they're fucking breaking up. They're fucking done. <laughs> and he's like, why? I'm, I'm, he's like, what is happening that makes you think this? I'm like, the gear is new, and it says Undisputed forever on the back. So I was like, certain. I'm like, they're trying to fucking hide it in plain sight. They're going to break up. Blah, blah. I was certain the whole time, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting and then the graphic came up and i was hoping it would be a false graphic but no it just ended and i'm mad you're mad be- that the undisputed did break up 
Because I, it was the timing was perfect. If not now, when? Never. I don't Why know. Ruin I don't. A bad thing. I ruined like, a good thing. Sorry. Oh, I would love to see them together forever, but like, I was it may so not be possible, certain. I get that. Yeah, and like I was certain. Uh, and that's why I'm mad. I don't know. This was creative. Very creative because the women used a crap ton of weapons in the mm-hmm. first in the first war games, which kinda happened last year too. And then the member kind of regulated to using tables of and Will, Pat McAfee pulls a rabbit out of his ass and has the names of every undisputed era person on a different table. Mm-hmm. I think he put like only Roderick Strong through his proper table. Yeah, Roddy Strong was the only one that went through the table. Also, shout to Rhea Ripley for that fucking, that small sledgehammer. <laughs> that was my favorite she part. Hit, the baby sledgehammer. She whipped the shit out of Dakota Kai with that thing. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> and Baby sledgehammer. Yeah, like the, the weapons, like that, that's a thing, like, right? Like you gotta, you gotta book these very differently. And goddamn, like one of the best, we lost one of the best bookers alive last week, which we're going to talk about Pat Patterson later. But I'm sure he would have been proud of this because this would, they were both booked so well, so different, yet so similar. Um, I like how Eo was stuck in the trash can. Dakota couldn't get her out. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Dakota, she stopped Dakota, Dakota stomped her in. Uh, the, the, the tables are very creative. Um, the kendo, no, who used, who got beat the shit with kendo sticks? Uh, Shotzi, Shotzi, I think beat Tony with a kendo stick? No, there was a group of, there's a group of them just beating him down with that kendo sticks. Or was that on SmackDown? I don't remember. I have to rewatch. Someone got beat the shit with kendo sticks, like a bunch of kendo sticks in a circle. like a gangbang of kendo sticks. Uh, was it in the women's? I don't, I don't remember. Right? It was one of the two. Either way. Yeah. Uh. Did you make up this match? Did you dream it? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, I know the gang thing you're talking about I, I was, was when Pat McAfee was surrounded by all of you on the speeder and they beat the living shit yeah, out of him for I like five minutes. I don't think it was Kendo Six involved, though. Um, I think they just kicked his face yeah. in. Yeah. Well, the tables were all great. The ladder spot was great. The trash can spot was my fucking favorite spot of the year with EO Shrine on top of Cage with a fucking trash can. Um, you know what makes that trash can spot? She smiled before she put it on. Yeah, she's like, this is going to be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't and miss. And it was. <laughs> Please don't miss. <laughs> uh, okay, dead ass though. Could you do that? Like, could you comfortably jump off of something wearing a garbage can? No, but it's at that point you just gotta trust the people that's below you. Yeah, you, you like you don't know when you're gonna hit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it it's just it's literally just a blind leap of faith. And hopefully they catch you, unlike the men who decided that they were going to fake catch Pat McAfee. Yeah, they, I, I think I think the men's war games told a better story. It did. Um, like when they had Oni, Birch, and uh, Dunn uh, against the ropes, they were all going in a row and ending with an Adam Cole super kick to get Pat McAfee alone. That was alone. so fun. Right, like... The idea of getting Pat McAfee alone and they kept escaping and he ended up climbing to the top of the cage out of nowhere. You know, like him being that chicken shit, him taking crazy bumps, the moonsault off the top rope onto the onto the table, like him getting speared, fish spearing him into the table, 
uh, the finish, which was very surprising, the 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 Kyle O'Reilly coming off the top to um, Only Lorcan's face. Um, Kyle O'Reilly acting like a fucking Superman, getting his ass whooped and is hulking up again. You know, like Roddy. He took com- a beating, dude. Holy shit! Fish coming in as his tag team partner to save him, then him getting beaten down, them working together. Roddy coming in to clean the house, like all of it. It just all meshed so well. It all meshed so yeah. well. You, you know what my favorite part about that was, and this might this might be me channeling my inner Dusty Dave at the moment. It was right before the finish where Pete hit the bitter end on somebody and Roddy came and kicked him in the back of the head. Yep, I noticed that too, yeah. Which was the same exact thing he did when Roddy first joined Undisputed. I was like, that's a fun callback. And then he hit him with the end of heartache and then they did the finish. I thought of all the, of all the moments, I thought that was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic storytelling, bringing everything back full circle, which also makes me believe that the Undisputed there's nothing left for them to do. Yeah. Not a goddamn thing. They're showing up somewhere. I think out of all the War Games matches, the women's included, this one in particular, this men's one, was probably one of the weakest, if not the weakest, but it was still incredible and highly entertaining. This last year with Kevin Owens coming back, like I mentioned last week, can this live up to the bar that was set last year? No, it couldn't. No. It's impossible. But this was still an excellent match. Just in terms of this, the rest of them, I don't I don't think I think it was probably on the lower end, but it still was incredible. It's still an amazing four star match. Yeah, and it, it, it's incredible to see that I hate to say it, Pat McAfee could be a full time wrestler if he chooses to be. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it all. He tells a great he tells a great story with his face. Like when he when he did the figure four and Adam Cole reversed it, he sold that reverse very very well. <laughs> he learned that from being a punter. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I was critiquing him so much. I was like, really ripped jeans, ripped jeans, Pat McAfee. I was really I hoping d- he came out as a in like his NFL uniform. That would have been hysterical. <laughs> I just kept yelling Patrick the whole time. <laughs> he probably AJ's like, that. Who, AJ's like, who's Patrick? I'm like, the punter. <laughs> and he doesn't watch football either. So he goes, what? I'm like, that one. He used to kick balls for a living. The tall, the tall, we don't like him. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. The douchey looking one. <laughs> that guy. But overall, obviously TakeOver is great. What do you give? Will, are you actually giving us 10 out of 10? No. I thought I was, okay. and then you convinced me otherwise. <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a very, very, very strong nine. I'm gonna give it a strong nine as well. Agent Agent K. I also give it a strong nine. Wow, nines across the board. Solid paper. Great way to end. And then they're gonna start next year with New Year's. Was it New Year's Evil? New Year's Evil. What? But it's uh, it's it's. New Year's yeah. Evil is going to be on NXT January 6th, I believe the date is. Yes, yeah, it's the first Wednesday in Wait. first Wednesday in, of a year. No, I'm leaving for the Bachelorette party that night. Sucks for you. God damn it. <laughs> oh. New Year's Evil is happening, and we didn't even talk about that vulture that showed up out of nowhere. Oh my god, oh, I was yeah. marking Car- the Karen fuck Cross, out. Karen Cross, Karen Cross coming, back. coming back. Yeah. TikTok. TikTok, yeah. They they whispered the TikTok too. I was like, ah, oh, creative. Tuning up my body clock. 
my body clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's coming back soon. He's he's gonna kill whoever's it's, it's him and Finn. That's what it's gotta be. Yeah. Absolutely, that's what it's gotta be. Anyway, let's move over to uh to AEW. And they had a pretty momentous week, if you if I do say so myself. So let's start with the moment that that got everybody talking it's in such a weird way. <laughs> That's a horrible Tony Schiavone. That's that's how he was yelling though. <laughs> like a sore like a turkey with a sore throat. Seriously. It's like he was doing a Paul Bear impression. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought you were doing at first. Like a bad Paul Bear impression. Yeah. So Sting comes back, and apparently he's Darby Allen's father. Judging by the face paint and the stare down. And so, let, let's just do it. Sting is in AEW. According to all sources, he signed a full-time, multi-year contract at the age of 61. May I say something? Yes. Actually, Mans pointed this out to me the other day. So, we've been talking about the Sting, like, all week. The Stinger? Yeah, the Stinger, if you will. Buzz, buzz. So... Sting has stats, like his, they showed him having a win loss record. Whereas, of zero and zero. Yeah, whereas like Tully doesn't have that. So, I have a fear that Sting is going to wrestle at sixty one years old. I have that same fear too. Will do I you have this fear? It. Oh, it's not a fear. It is not a fear. <laughs> it is going to be a train wreck. I cannot wait to see <laughs> because this fucking guy should not be wrestling. No. No. Since seeing us last time, he was almost paralyzed. Who's yeah. going to kill him this time? Well, it can't be Seth anymore. I mean, I have no problem with him being there. It was cool to see. Like, it was fucking Sting, man. He was on TNT for the first time since 2001, right? I mean, that's that's something. I have no problem with him being there, but it's just like, dude, don't don't wrestle. Don't, just be don't a manager. Wrestle. Don't wrestle. You, you can get involved. You can take a few bumps. You can throw a few fists, you know, just sting or splash, whatever. But don't, don't wrestle a full match. Please. Yeah, I don't want to see it. It's, I don't want to see it at all. I want to see you on TV. I don't want to see you wrestle at all. Yeah, ever again. Yeah, no. I mean, he had the he, he got to put in the Hall of Fame. He announced his official retirement, and now you know, years later, he's back. I have a second fear about AEW. Do you know who else is going to be on AEW this week? Oh, Shaq. Yep. What if they do fucking Shaq versus Sting? That's that's not what's gonna happen. But what if they did? That that's not going. I like I can I'll put a lot of money on it. That is not going to happen. You're probably gonna say Sting and Cody versus someone. As always. So uh. here here's my here's my thing with Sting. I, I have a lot of things with Sting. The the wrestling mark in me is like, oh, if the Undertaker retires and now Sting wants to come back, you fucking pussy. That's the mark in me. <laughs> Like, that's the mark of me. Like, what, like, way to take the cheap way out, Sting. You waited till The Undertaker retired, and now you want to make your glorious comeback. Um, but, like, the, the, the critical podcast thinker in me uh, has a lot of thoughts. One of my thoughts is, like, 
pointing out Mark Hypocrisy, how everybody was so hell-bent and so pissed off at WWE re-signed Goldberg. By the way, Goldberg's only 53 compared to Sting, who's 61, so it's an eight-year difference. Um, and granted, Goldberg did wrestle and become champion, and that was very negatively reviewed, and compared to Sting, who was more positively reviewed, especially that he's on AEW, which is like the Mark Haven. Um, I'm also concerned that this is becoming another one of those trends of, like, just doing things for the pop, which is great, um, but what does it benefit for the AEW as a whole? Sting, good needs, very, pretty, pretty well-known popularity outside of, um, oh, well, Valkyrie just texted me. Uh, oh. Yeah. Pretty well-known popularity, like, that, you know, expands beyond wrestling. But AEW how much is that going to benefit them? But AEW doesn't need the name recognition pop anymore. They've been on TV for 14 months at this point. They yeah. have a lot of other notable former WWE talent. They don't need fucking Sting. They like, don't need an, and it's Sting cool taken see... away from somebody else that needs exactly. that moment. Like, we've talked about this before, like, AEW tends to usurp the wwe talent that, that leaves Ooh, usurp very good word Kay. thank you I I mean, I mean, sting today. sting okay. is gonna bring in dollars he's gonna bring in viewers oh for sure he's gonna do what he needs to do but yeah it does it does hurt the rest of your roster to have him there because all right you are you are like 28 year old ricky stocks i don't know how old he actually is i'm gonna say he's 28 you gotta sell for a f- guy who's old enough to be your grandfather. Yeah. Not really. I don't want to sell like, for my grandpa. You, you, gotta, you gotta sell for your dad. All right, I'll say his dad. His dad's more. Dad's more likely. Grandfather's too old. Uh, not, not old enough. Hey, Will. Sorry. Yep. Freckles wanted me to tell you that Ricky Starks is twenty six. Ricky Starks is twenty six. His birthday is February twenty first, nineteen ninety four. All right. So put it this way. All right. My dad. My dad is sixty one. And I'm 25. Uh huh. So this would be like me wrestling my dad, and I have to sell for him. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. No thanks. No thank you. Yeah. Like it's whoever loses a sting. It's not gonna look good. Wow, bad, 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 bad. And Ricky, I like how you point out the hypocrisy because that's those are the memes I was talking about before we ever started recording. The hilar- the hilariosity of. Fuck WWE for like Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, and not and like you're right. I agree with you. Maybe not so much Brock Lesnar, but like Goldberg, Taker. It's like it's it's a problem with wrestling as in general, like specifically in the past five years or so. Yeah, wrestling cannot move on from the Attitude Era. They can't do it. They are stuck trying to dig up these guys and gals because mm-hmm. they know it's the only thing they can do to pop a rating. Yeah. So, do you think, I mean, I, I, before you continue on, I don't mean to cut you off, um, but it's just like, do you think that's a wrestling problem? I mean, it is a wrestling problem in and of itself, but is that coming from the wrestling promotions who like, we need a pop or is it also coming from the wrestling community who also can't get over the attitude era? That's a good point. Um, I would say it's more on, 
I would say it's more on the promoters because it's their job to create these Attitude Era-like stars. It's their job to tell mm-hmm. these stories and create these characters that are so captivating. And they always go back to that well. And now that well is getting so old. <laughs> and they're literally dying. Yeah. I, I was going to, can I pose a really fucked up question? Sure. I don't, again, I don't want to think about this. I'm not putting this into the universe. Don't come at me in the comments. But, like, when all of our Attitude Era stars die, when all of them are dead, when the dinosaurs are extinct, then what the fuck happens? What are you going to do then? Exactly. So I, yeah. I, I put it more on the onus of the, the promoters because it's their job to create those stars. And the stars are there. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's a lot of great talent, but none of them have that top level talent and draw that Austin Rock Goldberg Sting had. Give us a reason to stop pining for the Attitude Era. Yeah. But I think, I I also think it also could be on the promoter as well because I think they get scared but they're not drawing and I also think like Austin Rock taking over are kind of a horrible comparison to compare new talent to because those guys are we're just on another level. And it's hard to even get to somebody at that point, if ever again. Well, exactly, Ricky. They're not, but they have person, to try. They're not giving them a chance because they keep bringing those kind of guys That's back. That's what I was going to say. I think I think they're not giving them a chance because you're like, oh, we we can't get Austin Rock, so let's bring Austin and Rock back. And remember when, but that, remember that when Austin, takes away. Remember when Austin took his ball and went home? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It was at that moment. This, was that the Brock push, right? That was the Brock push, right? That was at my that was at my moment when I think Vince this is, this is me speculating now. Vince went, Okay, we can no longer have a superstar that's bigger than the company. The company needs to always be bigger than the superstar. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of what we've been seeing since then. Like since Austin retired, you know, Cena. Definitely, but Cena is a company man. You know, Cena's not bigger than a promotion because he doesn't want to be. But Correct. Vince doesn't want to have that Austin Rock who becomes bigger than him. And by him, I mean the promotion because that's not good business. Yeah. No, yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely correct with that. Because it isn't good business. But then you can't make those stars and you got to keep going back to the well of the Attitude Era. And yeah, it, it, there, is, there, is, there yeah. is some fault to the fan base for wanting it. Don't get me wrong. But I put most of it on yeah. the promoters. Yeah, it's it's a weird conundrum about wrestling, and there's no the they, wrestling as a whole hasn't found a way of getting it back. I mean, hell, Tommy Dreamer's still wrestling, right? And it's it even it even goes <laughs> as low as the Indies, right? The Indies will yeah. the Indies will promote and tout that fucking Carlito is there, right? Gangrel, <laughs> right? But I can confirm. But at the same time, those shows are usually pretty full. Yeah. Yeah. Money talks. It's uh, God. Yeah. One of the first indie shows I ever went to, they had on the seats um, flyers promoting future programs. One of them was highly promoting promoting the return of Nunzio. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, one, one, one of the sorry. one of the first indie shows I went to, it was it was like a as a Royal Rumble type style. They didn't call it a Royal Rumble because I think it was trademarked, but it was the same thing. You know, every ten minutes, every few minutes, someone comes down. They had Gene Snitsky who I popped so hard for Gene Snitsky. <laughs> Carlito, 
and JBL's music rang. This is like in 2015, maybe, or 2016, when JBL, this is before AJ Styles, because AJ Styles was on that card. So AJ Styles was still in the Indies yeah. before he signed, so it's 2015. And they had JBL's music playing. This is when he was a commentator on SmackDown, so there's no way. And they had they had a midget come out as WeeBL. <laughs> <laughs> and I popped hard for that, too. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> Oh, that's like when a Hornswoggle came on Impact the other week with the Good Brothers as AJ Styles. That's amazing. That happened. That's so funny. But yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's so an funny. interesting problem in wrestling because there's plenty of blame to go around, like in most circumstances. But yeah, it's it it's something the wrestling wrestling promoters and wrestling business needs to get over because the clock's ticking. Undertaker's gone. Finally. Yeah. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's got to fix and got to fix it quick. And speaking of fixes, I we're moving on past John Moxley. <laughs> what a great way to celebrate his birthday early by losing the AEW World title. Thank the Lord. And he's uh, having a daughter, right? He's having uh, who, a girl. Is he having I a girl? Know. The only daughter I know about is Seth and Seth and Becky's daughter, Rue. Rue, that poor, Great name. that poor fucking kid. It's gonna, well, you're gonna rue the day that you mess with that child. Are they gonna have Will. a baby? Another baby called Kanga. I don't know. You know Kanga and Rue from <laughs> Kangaroo. Yes, no, yes, no, yes. From, I got it. From, from Winnie the Pooh. I got it. Kanga and Rue. Come on, that. come on, guys. Yeah. I loved it. I got it. I got you. They're having, yeah. He's having John Moxley's gonna be a girl dad. Oh goodness, goodness! Can you imagine gracious. John Moxley speaking no. to his daughter's future partner? I'm your I father. Went, <laughs> you understand? <laughs> I pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely picture him speaking in general. But Kenny Omega beats Moxley, wins the title. Don Callis of Impact is like, we're bro into Impact. And AEW and Impact are now in a legit crossover. As we are speaking right now, Kenny Omega is on Impact uh, with the AEW world title doing something. I wish I could tell you what it was, but here's my problem imp- with that. I have, like, I have loose updates. Don't not hold on to those updates just for now. We can okay. talk about the updates after the break because I do want to talk about this. Here's my issue with this. Do you know how to find impact on TV? <laughs> Ricky, here's the solution. Yeah. It doesn't matter. TNT's going to play the replay. <laughs> that is if TNT actually decides. They'll play the replay of that segment. Yeah, of course. But not of the whole show. Yeah, they'll, they'll play well, the replay. To be- they'll, they'll show you. Okay, anything, any reason you would tune into impact they're going to show you on TNT. Right? So literally... Well, apparently they're showing it on YouTube tonight at 10. There you go. That they're too. re-airing Impact at 10. So wait, is that replacing AEW Dark? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> is it going to be Impact Dark now? <laughs> I like, is that what's going on? I, I, liked, I liked the crossover. Not going to lie. You know why? Because it's different. It's very, it is different. it's very different. You see, it's wrestling's always been every promoter for themselves. You know, WCW had New Japan crossover, kind of. You know, WWF kind of mm-hmm. had that ECW crossover, but it wasn't. WWF also did a New Japan crossover too in the nineties. WWF was crossover heavy in the nineties, but it wasn't as public 
as this. Correct. So I'm on board for this. Now, we talked about this a long time ago with con- contractual obligations, payments, and injuries. So there are some muddy waters here. It's not perfect. Like, of course, lawyers have to ruin everything. So, uh, Absolutely. But I like the idea that AEW isn't in the business of putting other businesses under. Okay. And I, I like the idea that they're working together, not even to not even to destroy WWF or WWE, excuse me. That they're trying to try they're trying to destroy the World Wildlife Foundation. Someone has to do it. But um I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm glad to see this because it opens the door for so many possibilities. And I think this could be really successful because we've never seen it before. And maybe this is something that not at this level. Exactly. Maybe this is something that can kind of maybe move away from the Attitude Era. I don't know. Is Sting going to end up back? Imagine Sting ends up back on Impact. Sting goes to Impact. (laughs) (laughs) Sting and Cam Shamrock go at it. Jesus Christ. It's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. So I'm all on board for this. I think it's very interesting. I'm interested about it. I don't want to knock historically that ROH and New Japan have been doing this for years Mm -hmm. because they had the Worlds Collide thing. I like it. I just don't want it to be a constant thing. Like, this needs to be not really seasonal, but it just needs to be, like, kind of once in a while. <laughs> For me, at least. <laughs> Tony I also Khan. Concerns... Tony Khan, we have a really big mm-hmm. roster. What are we going to do? I know. Let's merge with Impact. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh... AEW's getting to the point where they need a second show, but they can't sustain a second show right now. Yeah. Um, and that, that's an issue of itself. I've just, I feel like AEW has a lot to gain here potentially, but is there any, is there any impact for impact? Like a benefit for impact? Yeah. Exposure for them. Hopefully exposure. Exposure for them. Plus it gets other, uh, AEW people on their show to like, for like dream matches and things like that. And who knows, maybe they'll... Maybe they'll send some AEW talent to Impact because, you know, their roster's fucking huge. Just send the knockouts division to AEW because Lord knows the AEW women's division is just isn't. Yeah, they should just do a trade. Take half of like (laughs) trade the knockouts to to all of the give all of the give AEW all the knockouts. AEW can give Impact like half of their men's division because there's too many fucking men. Yeah. Like AEW could treat this relationship with Impact as like an OVW or an NXT to AEW. Right, kind of like I, I think, I think Impact's a little bit bigger than like an OVW or an NXT. Like I've actually watched some Impact. I like Impact. I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you that right now. This current iteration of Impact, I think they're, I think they're doing really well, especially for Knockouts Division. Yeah, but they just, just send people there, like your young talent. Sure. Send them there. People who need experience, need TV time, who aren't quite TNT ready. Um, just send them there. Use as a developmental. Even though it is above developmental, but they have TNA. Excuse me, Impact has some guys down there who are very veterans, very experienced, like like the good like the good oh, brothers, yeah. like Eric Young, um, like James Storm if he's still there, right? Like they have a very talented roster and a very experienced roster. So AEW could use this to their advantage. Someone can't get TV time, throw them on Impact, do a crossover, right? Like who uh, Moose could be on on on. Um, Will, Moose and AW. Will Hobbs, right? Powerhouse Hobbs and Moose. 
as a tag team. That'd be fun. Please, like, send Cheeseburger over, all right? Let's do some fun shit. <laughs> uh, I want to see Cheeseburger and Orange Cassidy merge into Orange Burger. Orange Burger. <laughs> I would, if, if anything, I think they would benefit from a joint pay-per-view. Definitely. Oh, that would be fun. Definitely. If it leads to a joint pay-per-view, I think it benefits. And you do it, like, once a year. Because, you know, this is a great idea, but you cannot, like, muddy this idea. You can't put this, like, burn this idea into the ground. Like, this shouldn't, like, my whole thing, this shouldn't be a whole year-round thing. Yeah, I agree. It should come and go. I think it should come and go because you got to be able to create your own identity. And I, AEW is creating their identity, but I think they need to solidify their identity. And I think going to Impact could, I mean, it does benefit Impact, but it could take away from their identity as well. So I think, and it'll, and once you like, you do this crossover, you split, you still keep building that identity, but you can bring this crossover back again. Right, when's the only thing is now, like, you got to put Impact now has to be elevated from this to make this work in the long run. Slammiversary is in August, right? Yes. Um, Something like Bound that. Bound for Glory is in October. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are those two, them two big pay per views. Yeah. All Out or All In is in, I believe, the spring. One or the other. Something like that, and one, the other one's in September, like Labor Day weekend. Yeah, so all out Labor Day, Labor Day, and then Double or Nothing Sorry. is what in the fall. So if you can have like that kind of well, Double or Nothing is in May, all out's Labor Day, Revolutions in February, and November is Full Gear. Full Gear, right? If you did like a, if you did like an all out to Slam or even us all out to what all in. With like impact, I think that could work. You that you do that summer impact. run, right? But yeah, I'm, all like impact. what I'm thinking is like like you have like you have like a big four, quote unquote, between two companies being, you know, fall and um, summer would belong to TNA because those are the only two pay per views. Then no, no yeah. spring and summer, no spring and winter would have to go to AEW. Something like that. That would be very creative. Yeah. We'll see how it goes, and if Impact can rise from the ashes, like Impact's like the cockroach that that survives the nuclear holocaust. Riding roller coasters. I said that on a meme the other day, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and then that will lead to a bigger discussion down the road as to is TV ready for a third wrestling promotion? No, who knows? But let's let's just say oh, let's just knows. say I hope I don't survive the nuclear holocaust because I'm allergic to roaches. <laughs> <laughs> So as we contemplate roaches and nuclear holocaust, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to celebrate the life and time of one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest people inside and outside of the ring, Pat Patterson. Uh, the Thunderdome's moving, and we have some awards to to kind of vote on virtually and stuff. So all that when we come back. When you're told a secret, you'll do everything in your power to keep it. When it comes to the Secret Files podcast, the secret will never be told to you until you press the play button. Anything and everything is open for discussion. There are no limits to what will be discussed, and nothing is out of bounds. It's the kind of show that is willing to go out of its comfort zone and talk about topics that most people aren't willing to put into the open. The kind of show that can go from the serious and controversial to the fun and lighthearted and everything in between. When we all can come to the table, who knows 
what we'll be able to learn from the discussion. Make sure you head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleAddictRadio and sign up for just $5 a month to be able to have access to this Patreon-exclusive podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash WrestleAddictRadio. Hey, peeps, this is Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast. Bow down and kiss the feet of royalty because you are listening to the Kings of the Rings podcast right here on WrestleLotic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number 225, Elite Impact. Of course, I am King Ricky Rose alongside Willie T. Will Tarashock and the HBIC themselves, Agent K, the Kate Murphy. K Murphy, sorry about that, K. Uh, so first and foremost, obviously, it is still uh, holiday season, and we still have a sale going on in our Teespring store where you get 15% off of anything in the store. I just got a new hoodie for myself. Uh, just use the code WAR15OVER, all one word, all caps, for 50% off your entire order. The link to our shop is in the description below. Uh, so moving forward uh, with everything, and Kay, I know you want to talk about your breaking news. We're going to hold off on that uh, just yet. Uh, unfortunately, I, I believe the, the day after we recorded last week, uh, news broke in the morning that the wrestling world, not just WWE, the wrestling world lost the first ever Intercontinental Champion, Pat Patterson, at the age of 79. From what I've read so far, uh, Pat had some sort of cancer that wasn't, uh, that he was struggling with, and he had been diagnosed, I want to say, several years or so back, and he died in the hospital in Miami. Uh, Pat Patterson um, was born in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, did not speak a lick of English when he came to America, learned English, became a citizen, and is the first ever Intercontinental Champion in the history of wrestling, the lineage goes through Pat Patterson. He had like a 200-plus day reign as the first ever IC Champion. Uh, but Pat is more of just an IC Champion. He's the first ever openly gay wrestler. Uh, he had been... People had known Pat was uh, was gay uh, for, for years, but it wasn't mainstream until Legends House on the WWE Network, when the WWE Network was in its infancy, that Pat really came out with it. Um, to to a larger audience, uh, but that didn't stop him from doing anything. Pat's one of the most well-respected people inside and outside of the ring. Uh, if you've seen anything about Pat Patterson, he was he loved karaoke. He loved I Did It My Way. If you've seen that amazing tribute to him, if you watched any WWE show in the past week, um, and he's known as one of the greatest finishers, the one of the greatest bookers to book a finish in the history of wrestling. And most notably, the best thing, the craziest thing that Pat Patterson ever came up with that was a stroke of genius and that can never be ever replicated was the Royal Rumble. And who doesn't like the Royal Rumble? Fuck the Royal An Rumble. I'm brilliant kidding. Pr- <laughs> 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 An absolute brilliant, brilliant idea that was met with some criticism, but it... it it worked out in the long run. Uh, some of you guys who are listening to this will remember Pat Patterson, your first remembrance of Pat Patterson, as one of Mr. McMahon's stooges. Again, a role him and Gerald Biscoe played phenomenally. Mm-hmm. And they had so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely phenomenally. So anything that Pat Patterson did, he he loved to do, and it, and it showed throughout the ring. So uh, I, I've talked a lot about Pat. I think... 
Pat's one of those people who the industry knows how great he was, and I think the public is now figuring out how great he actually really was and how much of an impact he, he left on the world of wrestling. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts on Mr. Patterson? I mean, everyone everyone knows the legacy of Pat Patterson, but it really, again, like you said, it really wasn't in the past few years, probably since Legends House and since, you know, the, the Bruce Pritchard show came out and then following JR's uh, show, where you really learn about the impact Pat Patterson had on so many different things backstage. And you could see that on WWE TV, this guy got three tributes. This guy got three 10 bell salutes. This guy had Vince on stage two or three times, right? Like, mm-hmm. you could just see the respect that everyone has for Pat Patterson. Like, when Dusty passed, you know, that was tough because everyone loved and respected Dusty. But Pat, Pat booked WrestleMania 1. All right, he's been there literally since day one. Him and Vince, Pat Patterson was probably one of the closest people Vince has ever been to in his as closest people in Vince's life. Period. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just such a loss for the business because he was one of the best minds ever, and you really don't know that up until the past few years. You're gonna keep learning new things about Pat Patterson. Like you know, first IC champion, yada yada yada, openly gay wrestler. Uh, Royal Rumble, that's all stuff that's like set in stone, you know, but we're still learning more about the impact of Pat Patterson, like The Rock, his in- the impact on The Rock's career, I didn't really know until Pat recently. Pat Patterson's the one who found The Rock. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, I didn't know that. It's, mm-hmm. it's. Pat Patterson worked out The Rock, and after one workout session, Pat went to Vince and said, you have to sign him. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's like the same it's like the Jeter it's like the Jeter story where the one scout saw Jeter work out in high school and said this guy's gonna be a Hall of Famer. How about took about picking a bet on the winning horse? Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's gonna be missed. You know, it, it's that's life. He lived a very good, strong life, and I'm glad that all the tributes has been everything positive. Now Pat Patterson does have some blemishes on his record. Um, Look up a particular Roddy Piper interview. Him and Piper did not get along so well. And there is um, an instance where an incident may have happened between him and Piper. But that's just hearsay. But I'm glad, like, you know, it's all love and respect for Pat Parrison. That's what he deserves. And, you know, yeah, that, that's what happens. He's he's lucky he lasted until mm-hmm. 79 years old because that's very rare for wrestlers from that time period. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Kate, what were your thoughts on that video package? Um, so I was very busy last week, so I watched Raw, SmackDown, and NXT within a 24-hour span. That's so, hard. So that means I saw three 10-bell salutes for Pat Patterson in 24 hours, and I need a self-care day. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's probably one of the I think what, that was probably one of the best video packages they've ever done for someone that's passed away. Um, and they did it in less than like eight hours, yeah, which like, is unbelievable. How many Emmys has the WWE production team won? They don't have enough, to be honest with you. Like, Dude, I I was thinking that too, 
Because, like, watching it, I was kind of like, okay, this looks like it was thrown together in eight hours, right? But then again, I'm thinking, Mm. they probably have these made already, right? Like, maybe. Like, they probably have, like, especially if they know they're sick. It's probably the Prince going, hey, pal, I know it's, uh, we need you to uh, do a memoriam for uh, (laughs) Patterson. So he's still alive. God damn it! Just do it! (laughs) Right? Like,. I, I wonder, right? Like, like remember when George W. when George H. W. Bush died, right? Like yeah. the next day, they had all these documentaries out. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, they had to have made these already. That's just my thinking. I guess. Yeah, but be it as it may, I like that's a. It's 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 very rare that during a dedication video package, they play the entire song. And, like, they went from the beginning of I Did It My Way from Frank Sinatra all the way to the very end. First note to last note. I don't think I've ever seen that happen for anybody. It was poignant because Pat loved to sing karaoke. Apparently, he always showed up to, like, when NXT did a karaoke night, which is probably hysterical in and of itself. And Pat would sing I Did It My Way. Like, that's what everybody said about him in their... And their dedication to him, to Pat, mm. and the fact that they had Pat do, uh, have I did it my way, and they had the clips of him singing I did it my way, uh, that 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 synced in with the with the memorial in the song. It's haunting. I thought it was haunting, but I I thought it was it was it was a great touch. Put it that way, a very great touch, and I think the coolest thing that they did is they brought back the original IC title on SmackDown. And they did the six man tag with all the with all the best workers on SmackDown. Yeah. All in the really IC cool. division. So I, I it was it was it was crazy. Because I've never I, well, I don't know what you I've never seen the original IC title before ever. <laughs> no, it's fucking ugly. <laughs> but it was <laughs> Well like I like I had never seen it before. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I was in my head I was like, oh, where did they hide this thing? Where the WrestleMania X's were. Like I've been to like four or five access uh times and I've never they've never shown the IC title yeah. from what I can recall. Yeah. So it, it it was cool. So uh rest in peace, Pat Patterson, one of the only people that won the twenty four seven and the hardcore championship, by the way. <laughs> Fuck you. As well as IC champion <laughs> and <laughs> one of the best finishers in the history of wrestling. Which is funny because Kurt Angle revealed this and before we move on from Pat. Um Pat Patterson constructed Angle versus Shawn Michaels at Mania 21. Ugh. God. God, yeah. talk about him. What an agent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He constructed that match and that finished. That's how talented he was. And just obviously just a genuine cool guy to be around. So let's let's move on from, from Pat. Rest in peace, Pat Patterson. His impact will be will be felt for a very very long time. I'm very interested interested to see how uh, the Royal Rumble next month goes without him there. Uh, but moving on from Pat, which is hard to transition, but we are going to transition from from Pat Patterson. Raw this past Monday was the last Raw in the original Thunderdome. They are officially moving to Tampa. Where? Uh, <laughs> where where the Rays play? 
the Tampa Bay Rays. Not for long because they're going to be switched between them and Montreal in a couple of years. Uh, but the Rays are, that's where they're playing. It's going to be in this, it's it's this dome. So it's actually really going to be in a Thunder Dome. Oh uh, Will, architecturally, do you think this is going to be like a different setup? Because I was thinking about this. I have no idea. I have absolutely no fucking clue how they're going to do this. Neither do I. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they debuted a whole new set for a whole new Thunderdome. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised either. Just to be dramatic. Maybe the SmackDown Fist will come back. Thing is, though, like, <laughs> I really liked the Thunderdome. I really liked the oh, Thunderdome. It was just, what a presentation. But that yeah. probably cost them so much money. That fucking electric oh, bill. Sure. That electric bill. Forget it. Unbelievable. Forget about it. Unbelievable electric bill. PSEG's like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry to see you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, pandemic no more, guys. We're in the business. We got the Thunderdome. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to do this this Tampa situation. I'm interested to see what they do. They'll, by Wednesday or by Thursday, when you hear this, they'll probably already have a video package out. Be like, welcome to my new Thunderdome. Oh, for something, sure. It's going to be on fucking Twitter. All the social media. It's going to be on Twitter Total- at 12 o'clock on Friday. Guarantee it. <laughs> totally outlandish shit. Absolutely totally outlandish for no reason whatsoever. Just because they can and they probably will. So we're going to keep our eyes out for the brand new Thunderdome and also keep our eyes out because it's award season in wrestling and the Slammies are coming back. Thank fucking so God. Not... I miss the Slammies. <laughs> I love the Slammies. The Slammies, I was fucking excited. The Slammies are back. We're going to do an entire show dedicated to the Slammies um, on the WWE Network. Boo. <laughs> I'm sorry, Will. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but that's what's going to happen. And so I think we do have some of the uh, nominations because they've already started releasing them. So we're going to talk about them real quick uh, with the Slammy Awards. So what we have so far for the Slammies, uh, it's going to be December 23rd at 10 in the morning because, you know. What? Yeah. What award it's... show happens in the morning? Listen, it's on the network. No one's actually going to watch it at 10 in the morning. But that's what they have so far. But they released a couple of categories, and we can talk about them real quick. So the first category, actually, we'll do this one. The first category they have is the Tag Team of the Year. And your nominees are The New Day, including Big E, who has new music, by the way. The New Day, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, The Street Profits, The Golden Role Models, and Bailey and Sasha Banks, and Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro were also a tag team. Wow. Your tag team division is fucking ass. Yeah, if it does it, in my opinion, it's not going to the new day. It's it's got to go to the golden role models. Oh, for sure, probably, absolutely. The more interesting one, superstar of the year. There is like ten different people who can go for this: Roman Reigns, Oscar, Drew McIntyre, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Randy Orton, Becky Lynch, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Charlotte Flair, How, um, and Braun Strowman. What? I'm sorry. Yeah. Why is Bra- not to be rude, but why is Braun Strowman on a, a contender for Superstar of the Year? He won the Universal Title at WrestleMania. Gives him some sort of credibility. For oh this. yeah, I forgot he did that. This is a hard one. No, it's true. 
It's Drew. It has to be Drew. No one else. Yeah. Not Roman. Not Sasha, who won every title, every woman's title. Seeing as in the seeing as Roman year. came back in August, no. Drew has been on top for the most of the year. Yeah, he. It's this has been the year of Drew McIntyre, starting from the Rumble on. Between Bailey was a champion for most of the year too. She like was, you can, we can go but argue Ro- back and but forth about Drew was this. more over. Like Drew, Drew had the those spiffy ass dogs. Was on Drew the ne- more over? Yeah. Hell in a cell. Who? What was the talk of that? Was okay. it Drew? Was it Bailey and Sasha? No, but I'm talking about as a year overall. Like he had this the spe- the specials on the network, and he won the title at Mania. And and then Roman Reigns came and took all of his shine. And then he got his shine back. Did he really? Yes. Look at I don't him know. Right I, now. I think Roman Reigns is still killing it better than Drew is. Drew's beating up. Roman Reigns Pat is doing. Buck. Roman Reigns in general is doing better than Drew, but Drew has done better for the whole year. Yeah, it's no one. No, you're not going to convince me otherwise, Ricky. It's Drew McIntyre as a superstar of the year. I would say Sasha is superstar of the year. I know you would. No, I'm just saying, think about it. Compelling storyline that carried the entire company for a significant amount of time, won all the titles that she could win in WWE, being Raw and SmackDown, not NXT. Also, went down to NXT and kicked some ass, too. None of those things are wrong. But Drew has been on top for a longer period of time. Drew's the face of the company, right? Drew's, Drew's the face of the company. I think Roman's face. I, I would right say now, Roman's face. Look, I stand <laughs> Roman Reigns, and I will defend him all day, but he is not the face of the company right now. He's too good at being so bad on SmackDown. That like right now, like WWE hasn't had evil, haven't had like heels be the face of the company before. I think right now they're putting the focus is on Drew more, like in terms of the face of the company. I don't think he's going to be the face of the company forever. I think long term. The face of the company is Roman, but right now, Drew's kind of in that spot. I still argue Roman is higher than Drew. I think overall in the year, look at the year as a whole, I would still say Sasha. Excuse me, we're not going to know for another couple of weeks. Uh, but I feel like that's all the news that's been in the boot, unless you have some sort of breaking news, Agent K. You don't want this breaking news. <sighs> But if how I you doing? How you I, doing? If I, if I say no, you're gonna just blow up all of my phone and social media and our social media about it anyway. So just fucking say it. Well, it's not as special as you're making it seem to be because I didn't get to finish explaining my breaking news before y'all dismissed it. But Enzo Amore is wrestling again, y'all. He is wrestling some indie match in fucking Tennessee. Um, hold on, I just had the Instagram post up. Um, he is wrestling Thursday, December tenth, against someone called AJZ. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I said it wasn't like breaking breaking news. It's breaking news for me. That's why I'm like, are you sure you want me to give this information? But yeah, Enzo is in a shitty indie match in Grimsley, Tennessee at a performing arts center. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow, I would have rather talked about CM Punk saying, talking about him potentially coming back to wrestling. Oh, that's... And for the, for the love of God, CM Punk, don't do it right now. No, I don't want him coming back right now. Like, with the return of Sting, I don't need CM Punk at this very moment. But Sting returning to AEW makes me convinced that it's possible. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by the next AEW pay-per-view by Revolution. It'll be Punk. For sure. Just gotta gotta pop the marks even more. I can't wait for that show when I'm finally right. I'm just saying. <laughs> that CM Punk's gonna return to wrestling? I thought it was CM Punk returning to WWE. Wrestling. It's rest. That's the official stance? Wrestling. He's not gonna come back to WWE. Weirder things have happened. That's true. Weirder Robert things won the title this year. Yeah. And Sting signed a full-time contract. <sighs> and I think Miro's still playing video games somewhere. Is that is that true? Is Miro still playing he video games? He was in games? some, like, Battle Royale on Dynamite this week. Because I watched... Did, did we do the Dynamite Diamond again? Yeah, they're doing the Dynamite Diamond ring thing again. And the finals, it's MJF versus Orange Cassidy for the ring. Oh, my God. I really wish that ring meant something. Does it mean anything? No. Um, you have a ring. That's nice. Yeah. That's 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 nice. That's 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 what that's for. Yeah. Do we have any other news that's been in the boot before we get out of here? Um. No, I don't think so. By the way, I just saw the visual of Tony Khan and Tony and Sh- and Shivani showing up on All Elite Wrestling, and oh man, will you could do a better virtual background? Yeah, it looks really bad. Yeah, oh my goodness. But we'll talk about it off air. That being said, folks, let's get out of here. Let's cue some music. Let's get this show on the road. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to King to Nights Podcast, episode number 225, Elite Impact. I'm your host, obviously, King Ricky Rose. Find me and Bastard Biggs across all social media outlets. Thank you guys for listening to us each and every week. Uh, follow us on K- at KOTR underscore podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Like, share, subscribe, listen to us wherever you listen to all of your podcasts, uh, either about Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, just to name a few, and follow WrestleAddict Radio socials at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter and WrestleAddict Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Consider buying some of our merch for our holiday season sale, and consider joining our Patreon for just $5 a month. You get a lot of cool and random things, and you might get a holiday gift this year. Uh, so all of those links are in the description below. Mr. Tarashock. Yeah. Yeah, I'm apartment hunting. It fucking sucks. <sighs> More to come. Kay Murphy. Hello. Um, this is me, the Kay Murphy. Uh, you can find me across all social media platforms at the Kay Murphy. T-H-E-K-A-E Murphy. I also have a new hoodie out. So. Yeah, you do. A hot selling hoodie, by the way. Get your drip. Um, <laughs> Just don't be like Dominic. No, I respect his fit. I think I am gonna find a hot pink turtleneck. I'm gonna rock that shit. Go right ahead, Kay. Yeah. That's it. 
<laughs> yes. So Kay's gonna find a trailer, like, Will's gonna do something. Uh, and we're gonna try to figure out when Sting is actually going to wrestle, among other things. Rest in peace, Pat Patterson. And this has been Kings of the Rings Podcast. We will see you soon. Goodbye, good night, and of course, we always have the best finish of all time, and that's fuck you, Slack. Thank you for my helmet, Slack. It was really nice. Shut up, Slack. I didn't get anything. I put you over, Slack. See ya. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.